You're listening to the Q's Podcast, episode number six. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the Q's Podcast. This is the place where we're going to talk to industry leaders and cross-industry experts for a wide range of perspectives on trends and topics relevant to you. I'm your host, James Lenz, Q's Professional Development Manager. In this podcast episode, we'll explore mergers and acquisitions with our guest, David Ritter. David Ritter is a shareholder in the Strategic Advisory Group at Doran Mayhew. Ritter provides a multitude of advisory services to clients, including mergers, acquisitions, guidance, to deal closing and post-merger integration. He is completely hands-on in the entire merger and acquisition process. David Ritter was one of the featured speakers at the 2016 Q's Executive Summit event. We had a chance to chat in between his sessions. During his sessions, some of his goals were understanding the art of what makes a good merger candidate and how to put your hat in the ring. Also, learn what the key hurdles are in a merger and how to successfully overcome them. He also spoke on how to gain insight on the milestones of the merger process from concept to integration and what to expect in each of them. In this interview, David will share his insights and experiences with the merger process. In particular, you want to listen for what David believes are the biggest mistakes in the merger process. Let's turn to the interview with David Ritter. Thanks for being part of the podcast today, David. David, how long have you been partnering with credit unions? Well, that's a kind of a slippery slope question. I've been working with financial institutions for longer than I can remember, but I'll give you a background. I, I worked with a very large financial institution back um, probably about 15 years ago. I was doing post-merger integration. We were integrating. We were acquiring a lot of banks, and I was doing the integration on uh, about five at one time. And I was very intrigued with this, but I wanted to see what was happening at the beginning of the whole process. Um, so I went back to business school, I went to Carnegie Mellon, and um, left after I graduated. I went into the financial institution space being a consultant so I could help out uh, financial institutions, banks, and credit unions. My practice mostly in the credit union space from a merger standpoint, from strategy all the way in through integration and all of the items in between, meaning fair valuation, negotiation, structuring. And so I've been in the industry for probably longer than I'd like to admit, but a good 20 years. And over the last five years, what have you seen change the most in the credit union space? In the last five plus years, I've seen credit unions become ultimately more sophisticated. Uh, either right or wrong, it's become the, uh, one thing, and we're talking mergers and acquisitions today in, in a presentation we're talking about, is that that's become such a forefront. It's not just organic growth. Um, there's a lot of folks that are, are going through things like queues that are becoming just really have a lot more acumen in the financial institutions arena, and they have to be. There's a more fiduciary responsibility for the executive team and also for the board. So I've seen it become a lot more sophisticated a lot more things from a regulatory standpoint. I'll, I'll give you an example. Cecil, the uh, current expected credit uh, loss that's coming down the pike, which is your allowance for loan loss, um, the, the revision that's coming out in 2019, 2020, that's going to take a lot of sophistication in how to do that. Um, but also from vision, strategy, it's not just us staying in our competitive isolation and, and dealing with our members or, or providing member value. It's it's growing in how do we stay in front and, and helping all the, the new, the millennials and keeping in front. It's not just brick and mortar. It's all the mobile technology now. David, what are the common responses you hear when you speak to potential credit union partners? The first one always, and this is no matter what, is 
that's great. Um, you know, my board, you, you've done the job for me. My board has asked me to actually entertain mergers. You've done my job for me. But ultimately, we have to be the surviving credit union. And that happens, I'd say, 99 out of 100 times. And, the, and why I say, well, what does that actually mean? That opens up quite a Pandora's box. Is, do you have to keep your charter? Do you have to keep your number of board seats or have a majority of board seats? Does the CEO have to be retained? The name, the headquarters, the list goes on. So my key takeaway here is when you do your initial internal analysis is look at those key hurdles. What would we be willing to do um, to takeaways if we're going to go forward with a uh, merger? Do we have to keep our name or would we be open to a new consolidated name? And so those are some of the, the key areas where I see you have to be do your diligence up front before you even go out and entertain another organization. David, a lot of our listeners may be considering a merger right now or they have gone through one already. Overall, where do you think credit unions often make the biggest mistakes in the merger process? Well, I use this analogy quite often is it's a painter's men, uh, mentality that it takes a lot of prep. And once you prep, it's very quick to make something extremely beautiful. And that's exactly what this is in mergers, is that it's a process. Is we have to do our homework first. Sometimes it takes boards of directors years before they even get comfortable to want to entertain having a discussion with someone else. Uh, because as soon as it happens, it can actually happen quite quickly. But doing your prep- preparation on who we are, what are our gaps, what are we willing to live with, what are our key takeaways, and what are our walkaway points. And then going out and entertaining discussions with other organizations. One of the key thing here is that we always want to be confident or, or confidential when we talk to another organization. So to have some sort of a middleman that can help have confidentiality agreements put together because ultimately, and I'm sort of digressing here, but we understand the board of directors are the ones that ultimately vote yay or nay to move forward. And then uh, finally, the, the members vote. But if the CEO feels uncomfortable with the other side, the other CEO, that there's not a trust, that CEO can ultimately kill the deal. So first and foremost is making sure that the two CEOs can work together, that there's a trust, that there's a bond, that they can work. We can look at call reports and see what the financial numbers look like. Ultimately, credit unions are very humanistic, and we need to make sure that the cultures work together and then embed that process over a longer period of time from a confidentiality perspective and then growing from there. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Q's. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple iTunes to receive the newest episodes as soon as they are available. For more talent development content from Q's, visit cues.org now. If you are a Q's member, you have access to invaluable membership benefits to further enhance your development. Visit cues.org slash membership to learn more. Q's is an international credit union association. Our mission is to educate and develop credit union CEOs, directors, and future leaders. To learn how Q's can help you realize your potential, visit Q's.org today.